0: Hey everyone! I hope you enjoyed your winter break and welcome back to the fourth episode of Vertigo on Air. I'm Alice, a typical engineering student at ETS, but as a textbook Libra, I'm also versatile with the vibes and still keeping things pretty sweet.
1: Hello everyone, and I'm Savin, a spicy Aries and a proud bunny mom. I'm here to remind you that nothing is that serious and we are literally floating on a massive rock in the middle of nowhere. So, let's just jump into it straight away. A lot has happened since we recorded Holocene, hasn't it, Alice? Yeah,
0: um, a lot, a bit too fast, it's been such a
1: blur. <laughs> yeah, and I guess let's just address the elephant in the room really quickly, which is that we're in another lockdown. Alice, how are you holding up so far?
0: Well it's um really strange but I'm actually way more productive this time in comparison to the 2020 lockdown and I don't like lockdown mm-hmm. any better like I literally miss my friends so much but I'm definitely a lot better at keeping myself occupied like I deep cleaned my bedroom I single-handedly rearranged it so that I can wake up to <sighs> the sun in the morning and i've been working out every day and i've been going for bushwalks and me and the girls have started a Damn. like a jewelry making hobby together yeah i don't know maybe it's because it's libra season you. coming up <laughs> i'm getting excited yeah <laughs> but um we love that, that doesn't please. mean yeah i am like super productive but i'm not happier if that makes sense doing all this stuff makes me miss my friends more because i want to do it with them mm. yeah i watched all the harry potter movies again on netflix and it really reminded me how much of a Potterhead I used to be, and it sparked like a bunch of memories I had with my friends. And it reminded me how influenced I am by like all of them, and how much more meaningful things are when you share things. And my yeah. biggest concern right now is uni because I chose like mm. I don't know why, but I chose like really hard subjects this sem, and they're all on Zoom, which is fantastic. Really, <laughs> um, <laughs> and not fun. One subject yeah and one subject in particular german literature there's only like 10 people in the class but everyone is so fluent and i haven't done german in like 10 months so i told my teacher i emailed her i was like hey um hello like i'm not very confident and she was so nice she literally called me on the phone and comforted me and guided me on how to approach the subject Yeah, and it made me think like, I I know, I wish all of my learning was like this. But yeah, how about you? How's your lockdown?
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) my lockdown has been a bit of a roller coaster. I think I started off really down and I didn't really have a routine. So I was basically like sleeping in, not really taking care of myself, kind of in like a bit of a rut. But recently Mm. I have been channeling some main character energy which I think is because of Leo season. And I love how you mentioned that Libra season is coming up. <laughs> um, but my routine is basically getting up really early, doing some yoga, going on long walks or runs around the block. And I've also been journaling a lot, which really helps with like my anxiety and just keeping my thoughts together. And I think that's super important because in lockdown, you just have too much time to think about, yourself and nitpick everything in your life something that I have been struggling with though is life over zoom and I don't know what it is but I get so anxious talking to others over zoom and just like having class even our meetings like I just miss seeing you guys in person even recording this online is such a strange feeling like this is the first time we're doing it and it feels weird like not seeing your face and your expressions and stuff like that, but I guess we can work on it because I don't know about our next podcast. Hopefully by then we'll be out of lockdown. Um, some other things I've been doing is reading. I recently read a book called Sex Object, and I definitely Trust. recommend it for everyone. <laughs> it's basically <laughs> a book about, like, everyday sexism and not just from strange men or, like, stranger men, but those you date, your family members, and things like that. And the author kind of goes into detail about her first experiences being sexualized and objectified growing up. So I think it's something that a lot of women can relate to. Also, I've just been trying to listen to more podcasts. There's one that deserves a shout-out. It's called "Here's the Thing Though with Salihah. And basically, she's an outspoken women of color who touches on different social issues like the current climate politics pop culture and capitalism from her perspective and her podcast bio is literally decolonize your mind with saliha so yeah That's the other goal. than that just shopping yes. yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah i've been shopping too just getting ready for post lockdown life extra extra ready
1: i love that What have you been buying?
0: (laughs) Just clothes. But like, I've been trying to, (laughs) like, as I'm growing older, I'm not over buying. I'm just buying essentials because my taste is maturing as well.
1: You want to buy things that are not just trendy, but you can use like for a long time.
0: Forever, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's what I've been buying. Like things that I know I'm going to wear for like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. No, my number's still under 10 though. I think, of it, or at least like 15, like my number of items this year. Okay, and it's August, so that's pretty I good. I love
1: that you're tracking it. Yeah, that's pretty good, one, actually. <laughs> it is crazy to think that we are more than halfway through 2021. The lockdown really has made it go slowly, and it feels like we're waiting a lot of time. But we're also halfway through the academic year and have only two more issues to publish for Vertigo, which is insane and sad reacts only I'm so sad. Um, we're also yeah. back at uni alice did you want to give us an update on the library exhibition
0: yeah no worries so for those of you who don't know what it is we are having an exhibition at the uts library which is going to involve a lot of interactive art moving images sound work and more and it's just basically to see all of the physical work of our lovely contributors on campus but it was meant to be out like as soon as um the spring sem started but obviously due to lockdown um, that wasn't possible so we've put it on hold and um, postponed it for the time being at the moment we have projected it to be around november but Yeah, it's nothing set in stone because of the situation at the moment, but we do want to let you guys know to still keep looking forward to it because um, we have had a lot of amazing submissions and we're still working on showcasing them to the best of our ability as we speak. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: It's such a shame that it's not going to happen anytime soon, but something that is exciting is we just recently launched our new website. So previously the website for Vertigo was very slow and laggy for those who had a chance to have a look at it. But now it's looking really fresh and you can check it out by going onto our Instagram, it should be linked in the bio. Also just another update and something I wanted to bring up is I'm getting vaccinated this Sunday. And I think it's super important for everyone to consider getting the AstraZeneca if they're comfortable instead of waiting for Pfizer. What do you think, Alice?
0: Yeah, definitely. So I've gotten both shots of AstraZeneca already. I kind of got it... Bit of a bit ahead of everyone else because i do work in a hospital i i'm always happy to share my experience with that so you can dm me if you want more information but a lot of medical professionals that i know personally have like expressed that astrazeneca and pfizer are really not all that different i know it can be confusing with so many different places saying so many things and i think that confusion is a primary reason for a lot of people being hesitant to get it but um i think it is really safe and effective, but everyone's different. But I think, mm. yeah, I'm definitely a supporter yeah. for getting it.
1: <laughs> I love that. I mean, at this stage, more likely to get COVID than have bad side effects with Astrazeneca. and So, yeah, something to consider. Exactly. Anyways, should we move on to what we're discussing today?
0: Yes, let's go.
1: So our latest issue was pandemonium. Alice, did you want
0: to run through the theme for this? Pandemonium basically is an issue that embraces chaos. So it's supposed to encourage anything bold and brazen. And in a generation, our generation, that's accustomed to rapid disruption and excess consumption. It serves as a snapshot of all the bright lights that continue to blind yet dazzle us. And it also highlights the heroic and fearless feats in the culture um and celebrates cultural disturbance that have happened in recent times especially surrounding events this year and internalized infernos and psychological mazes have a spotlight here as well and in pandemonium we analyze all of these all while rejecting rigid structures and breaking all the rules it's freedom's full expression and performance exciting (laughs) yeah
1: very exciting I think this was one of my favorite themes as well this year it's just super dynamic and chaotic which I love this volume was also put together in the shadow of autumn semester so during the stress of exams and internships we were all putting it together the contributors were also a massive uh help So thank you to everyone who contributed and helped put this volume together. I would like to say that this was another heavy issue like Alice mentioned before. So it's covered a wide range of topics relevant to what is happening around the world and domestically. So just be aware of the content warnings. They should be at the start of each piece. So take care with those.
0: I particularly love this issue because in our previous magazines we identified sources of chaos and we criticized it we analyzed it but in this one we're kind of embracing it or like accepting it um it's also a really beautiful mag rachel our designer did the cover Mm -hmm. this time and it's beautiful so
1: it's so nice I love it. So colorful as well. And my, it was
0: my parents' favorite as well.
1: Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I showed them Absolutely I showed them cute.
0: um on the website.
1: <laughs> oh, we love supportive parents. <laughs> I guess we can okay. now go on to our submissions and kind of discuss the ones that stood out to us and the ones that we want to unpack. So I think I'm going to start off with an interview I did with my flatmate, Kim. So I've actually known her since I moved to Sydney and she was the very first person I met in Sydney, fun fact. It's really interesting because I've watched her grow and delve deeper into her passion, which is animation. And we've always been super open with each other about our mental health. To the point where the other day, literally my therapist called me and I was chatting to her sitting next to Kim because we're so comfortable. But this piece basically delves into her experiences as a freelance artist in a very competitive industry, which is animation, um, all while juggling life and just the chaos of your 20s while having ADHD. So please check it out. It's a really great interview and we kind of like chit chat. It's not very formal.
0: I actually really loved that piece as well because I was, I love all of your amplified pieces, Seb, but um, in this Thank one, you. I was <laughs> really inspired by Kim because she delved into how her mind approaches and executes creativity in a really unique way that is so evidently formed through her own, Individual lived experience and her journey. So, and her work, her creative work is displayed in the mag too, and it's super, mm. it's super nice and super good.
1: Yeah, I love her animation so much. It's very cute and cartoony, and it's yeah, I love really her style. interesting because I think from Kim, I've learned that people thrive in different industries. Like in the interview, she kind of goes into detail about her experience at Grilled which is a fast food chain, but she basically <laughs> wasn't really set out for that industry and there was a lot of pressure on her and she felt like, you know, she wasn't very good at her job, but then she's amazing at animation and it's kind of like juggling that as well. Another Amplify piece that I want to touch on is a conversation I had with Nora Al-Hamouri, who is the president of the UTS Palestinian Youth Society. So basically, um, as most of you might know, there has been a lot of conflict in Palestine, which have been flooding our news feeds recently, but this has also been an ongoing tension with Israel. And it's a very complex and difficult conversation and issue to navigate. So I kind of chatted to Nora about this to unpack some of the recent updates around the issue and kind of get his perspective because he is Palestinian. And I think one thing that stood out to me in the interview is that he said, you can't be against colonial forces in Australia and not be against it everywhere else. And then he also went on to let us know ways that we could support the movement and be, better allies which is to keep up to date on what's happening and while we do appreciate or he basically said while he does appreciate posts on social media they aren't going to solve the issue so being educated and reading up about the issue and centering the right voices is really really important so yeah just show up and support them you can follow them at UTS Dot Palsock on Instagram.
0: To all our Palestinian ally listeners, you can find a lot more info about what's going on in Palestine there on their Instagram and how you can support and show your solidarity. And Noor also talks about a range of events and activities that they do at the society, such as having is it Kanafa Nafa
1: Kanafa, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, such as having a Kanafa day and sharing food and culture. So check that out on the piece as well
1: the next piece that i want to discuss is a showcase piece and it was called i am fantasizing about my body and it was by yuhang dai it was probably one of my favorite submissions in this issue i really liked the grainy filter over the photography and the photos were really enticing so please have a look at this piece as well among our other showcase pieces they were really amazing
0: I think in this um, mag, I think it really captured the vibe that we were going for so well. And I'm mm-hmm. so glad that, and I, yes. yeah, like the spread is beautiful and it's, it's the vibe. Yeah. It's the vibe.
1: <laughs> it is. It is. And I want her to take photos of me. <laughs> I love <that. laughs> Her photographer. is just great. Another piece that was really relevant to right now is the piece called There's No Room in Media Diversity, and it was by Anonymous, so they didn't want their name on this piece. And, yeah, it was really awesome, and it comes at a time where there are scandals, especially around Channel 9, who recently produced a very whitewashed vaccine ad which I think the public scrutiny is completely fair because there was literally no diversity in that ad. And this is really problematic, not only for students in journalism and communication industries, but also problematic because it kind of cements this idea that Australia is just white, which is far from the truth. Um, And Anonymous in this piece basically wrote about their perspective and experiences as someone from a diverse background. And I really related to what they were saying just from my personal experience, because being a journalism student, I've kind of seen this play out during my uni experience. While I do acknowledge that I have a lot of privilege and have had experience in the communication sector and like have had internships, I noticed that sometimes I was the only ethnic person in an office way too often and even now a lot of like people I know who've graduated from my group, a lot of the, I guess, white students, they have jobs where they're on camera whereas my other friends, for whatever reason that is, they just haven't had that opportunity so it's very noticeable.
0: Yeah, I've... And I also, I've worked in like office environments before. And like in a lot of my jobs, mm-hmm. I've just found that like, there, it, even if it was like a diverse workplace, none of the people in power were ethnic. Mm-hmm. And That's that was true. something that, yeah, that was something that I found super like odd, even like as a younger, like teenager as well.
1: And it's quite upsetting to see in this kind of generation in this age in their piece anonymous included a survey from unions new south wales and this is a 2021 survey so it's really recent and they've mentioned that 44 percent of people surveyed said that they experienced some form of racial discrimination at their workplace which is concerning because that's nearly half and Mm -hmm. of those people 78% did not have their racial discrimination experience at work addressed, which just shows that there was no effort to make change even when this issue was brought up. So that's very concerning.
0: It's just not taken seriously enough. And to be honest, I'm surprised but not surprised to be shown that the media industry is still very backward and rigid in comparison to others. Like I'm, I'm an engineering student and engineering is notoriously very um, male dominated. But there are a lot of programs and efforts and industry changes that are being made that are slowly improving it. And the progress is so visible every year and it's great. And there's a long way to go, but there's also a lot of progress has been made. But with media, I just don't feel the same momentum well, from what I know anyway. I feel like that's so concerning because whether you want to acknowledge it or not, the media industry is so powerful. Like it's so influential. People get their thoughts and their news and everything that they think about the world from the media. And then they act according to that information. So, like, literally, it's so important. So, I don't know why people aren't just acting up more. And I I personally don't even yeah. watch TV anymore because I feel so disconnected from it. Like, the perspective is always same, so westernized. Same. And they'll always be like, on like the morning show or whatever, or it'll, the panel will always be wide and the perspective is so westernised and little microaggressions and assumptions and stereotypes are very normalised and they always occur and they'll always be in the conversation and no one but an eye because no one cares and except me, the viewer, that's mm-hmm. like, what the fuck, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I completely agree. And I honestly think like mainstream media and like channel TV, they really don't have diversity, not only in the employees, but the content they produce as well, which is a massive Mm. reason why I don't want to pursue any kind of commercial media jobs. I want to be part of like smaller editorial publications that really try to aim for diversity, not only in their workplace but in their content and everything like that but yeah good points so <laughs> I want to also talk about my crystal piece because I a lighter it yeah for a second <laughs> <laughs> I just want to claim that I was a crystal girl long before TikTok and I know it's cringe now and it's cr- uh, cliche <laughs> I was about to say cliche but that should be a word mix of cringe and cliche but yeah, I literally had a discussion with my friend the other day, and I know it makes me sound super pretentious and everything, like those people who flex that they knew a certain band or artist before they were popular. But I think now is my time to truly claim this. I used to literally give my friends crystals and write little quotes, like spiritual quotes in their birthday cards long before TikTok. So yeah.
0: It's just so easy I just to visualize to put out
1: there. <laughs> I think part of it is because of veganism. Like when I went vegan, it really opened my eyes to spirituality and karma and like astrology. So, yeah, I think that's why it's kind of part of me now. But in this piece, I basically give three crystal recommendations to get your shit together, cleanse your energy, and attract some love because I know in lockdown, we're all feeling very single well those of us that are single anyways (laughs) um in my opinion right now sneaky links aren't worth it what do you (laughs) think
0: um actually i am a supporter like if you need a sneaky link do your thing whatever but at the same time it's also like Mm. how many people do you know that that's being like a healthy part of their lives like do you know Mm -hmm. anyone Mm Cause I don't, and I don't think a lot of people do. Maybe those people exist. They are some kind of elite. Yeah. There are <laughs> they are a ma- they are minority, like a super minority. But a sneaky link is something that a lot of people do. Like definitely more than the people that can actually handle it <laughs> emotionally. Yeah. So I don't know. I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, sneaky links in lockdown. I feel like it's not the best idea. Before. 'Cause I don't know, just getting on public transport for a crusty man, like no. I don't want It's a
0: desperation for me, you know.
1: Posted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just get a vibrator, just get a sex toy, please. <laughs> <laughs> Go support Abby Chatfield's new sex toy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Yeah, there are healthier ways to deal with your I know that for a lot of people, like being like lonely. Yeah, like being lonely and depressed. (laughs) Like horniness comes in hand in hand with that. But Mm -hmm. girl, we're all dealing with it. Like fuck it up.
1: I (laughs) I've been so horny. Every time we watch a TV show or even like a cartoon or animation, I just find like the men or the characters identifying as men so attractive like crash bandicoot (laughs) hello (laughs) why is he so hot (laughs) and thank you erin for validating me erin is the producer shout out
0: to the listeners when we like address like guys blah blah blah, we're actually just talking to each other and (laughs) erin
1: anyways if you guys ever want to reach out to us about any of our pieces that we've written or anything like that please feel free to I know Alice also did an amazing piece this time around called Wait in Gold. Would you like to speak about that, Alice?
0: So Wait in Gold actually took me a long, long time to write. Um, I said I would write write about it as soon as I started rallying for it. But there's a lot going on, information overload, doom scrolling, and a lot of internal stuff to unpack, including my relationship with my family, my culture, and my identity. And um, it's just been a really long ride, and so therefore it's taken a long time to write. And in this piece, I essentially talk about my personal journey and perspective as an Australian Burmese student regarding the, um, the Myanmar military coup that um, occurred in February earlier this year. And yeah, it's just been so crazy and so infuriating, and there were a lot of emotions. Like, it's August right now, and at the moment, still, like, every day when I go home, my dad is constantly playing news and updates and reports regarding the coup in the background at home, and it's so heavy. Like, the content is just, it's never anything but worse every day. So, um, for those of you who don't know what happened, and I'm sadly probably correct about assuming most of you don't. In Yamaha, uh, following the National League of Democracies landslide victory in the 2020 elections, the military initiated a coup arresting and detaining the de facto leader Aung San Suu Kyi and um, other government officials. They did this because they claimed that the Democratic Party's win was due to election fraud and Thus stated, it was necessary quotation marks to revoke the constitution, which they themselves wrote in two thousand eight, which is so stupid, right? <laughs> for the um, for further mm-hmm. context, Burma or Myanmar was under military dictatorship for over half a century and only recently became a democracy. And they've only had like one campaign so far. And then this happens on their second one. Just like within a day, soldiers from the military started patrolling the streets, arresting people the domestic and the international internet and broadcast services shut down so we couldn't contact our relatives mm-hmm. for a while and all the banks were closed and flights were cancelled. Basically a civil war break out, and there have been a lot of um, bloodshed and violence for these past months since February and it's only been getting worse and all while COVID has been worsening at the same time. Mm-hmm. And you know what, like this wasn't in peace but just update, the military literally... Release an announcement saying to the public if you have any like oxygen tanks like please donate them like bro like (gasps) like I know right like you literally took everything and the public don't the hospitals and stuff don't have enough oxygen tanks like like to yeah. even accept like patients in anymore and you're asking the people to donate them so bro <laughs> i also like in the piece i also talk about like the media again or oh, westernized yeah. media <laughs> um <laughs> it really angered me this year because especially regarding the coup they 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 often just scratch the sur- the surface at best and I did mention Mm-mm. that uh, Western media loves like narratives, like good guy bad guy narratives, whatever gets them views, the clicks, yes. or whatever. And yeah, exactly. and their voices are constantly speaking over Burmese people, as we've mm-hmm. discussed before. These are primarily like white voices, right? And um, yeah, they're not centering over the, the
1: right pa- voices for the narrative.
0: Over the past 10 years, the smear campaign against Aung San Suu Kyi, framing her mm-hmm. to be the figurehead of the Rohingya genocide is a prime example. A lot of people think that she's at fault for the Rohingya genocide which I like I to be honest I understand like I'm not like my parents my parents like literally worship her and I'm I'm just like not about that but because I think she's getting too old to do anything but she literally it was actually the military that executed that and she never really had any real power she couldn't have spoken against anything off script because otherwise she would have just been put under house arrest again and she's already served like literally decades and decades. In house arrest for like fighting for her country. Her yeah, yeah, like the like the latter half of her life. And if the military stays in power, or like if the coup came sooner, then the Rohingyas won't won't have been the only ethnic group to experience ethnic cleansing and genocide. That, but, but Myanmar mm-hmm. um, has so many ethnic groups, and more would have suffered essentially.
1: And I just say as well with the media thing you were mentioning before. I feel like I honestly learned so much more about this from you and Instagram stories than mainstream media. Like, I felt like <laughs> yeah. it wasn't covered as much or in detail. And it was really, um, like, eye-opening getting your perspective on it.
0: Yeah, I, I literally – I was sitting um around with my friends watching TV and we were just talking about it. And I do, like, appreciate, like, all my friends showing, like, their support, like, Whenever I feel like I want to talk about it, but I I was like, you guys probably wouldn't even know that it was happening if you weren't friends with me. But everyone knows mm-hmm. that it's is fault for the Rohingya genocide, right? Because that was the narrative that was pushed, and like, mm-hmm. and that's just crazy to me when I think about it. It the truth is whatever like the main media outlets make it.
1: They're very good at brainwashing. Do you have an update oh. on your family? Like, are they doing okay now?
0: In terms of the military, oh yeah, actually I do have an update. The military announced that they will remain in power until August two thousand and
1: twenty-three. What? So that's so fucked. I know. Two more years.
0: Yeah, I know. And like, and people are dying so fast from covid and the government's not doing anything about it they're just like we're just going to stay in power but we're not going to be like a government that helps people we're just going to be in power wow. and control everyone so it's so fucked, and i can't believe this is happening in 2021 i can't believe yeah. like no one is doing anything about open. it yeah. yeah right and
1: well, people kind of it... i guess distance themselves when it doesn't impact them which is such a fucked up thing and like it should, the only yeah. should be on governments to take control and you know look after their citizens, but they're literally not doing the bare mm,
0: And spread the word as well. Like I, I, this whole journey like made me have sad realizations about activism trends. Like even with like what's going on with mm-hmm. the fires in Turkey, it is so fucked up.
1: Yes, it it is messed up, and I just want to say like. It's quite scary how a lot of like the recent events in Turkey and other countries that have fires happening, it comes down to climate change. And like the recent, I think, report by IPCC, they were basically saying that we're at a point in life where we have to tackle climate change now and make drastic measures because the impact of it is going to be fucked and it's going to happen very soon. So that kind of gave me eco anxiety ready on top of everything else. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the times Turkey makes it into the Western media is when the Western media is kind of nitpicking Turkey or criticising Turkey or pointing something bad out. But when, like, disasters happen or it's, like, a moment where Turkey needs help, and not just Turkey but other countries in the Middle East, they don't really it into the news or media as much, which just kind of shows the double standard and the way they want other countries to perceive Turkey.
0: <laughs> uh, when I was talking to Nazli, my other Turkish friend, she was like, yeah, Europe like literally hates Turkey, like they're not going to help. It, it just Pretty like it goes to show that the, the media just, it t- kind of tells you who to prioritize and you low-key just follow it, mm-hmm. whether you realize it or not, which is crazy.
1: Mm. yeah unless you actually like take the time to source out other media outlets who are more independent Mm. or have more diversity or kind of bring in different perspectives your feed is going to be like flooded with the more mainstream type of media and perspectives but maybe let's move on from all these heavy topics and yeah (laughs) yeah I mean, that's what most of pandemonium was like. So Alice, the playlist was really bomb. Did you have a chance to check it out and listen to it?
0: Yes, of course. I'm very glad that. to see like some old friends, like Bad Girls by MIA and Yeah, Staples, yes. Kim by TK Mota. Oh my God, yes.
1: <laughs> Rico what Nasty. What a Bob. Ah, oh, love. Her. Yeah, yeah, so good. Um, But everybody, check it out if you want a bit of a dance party in your room. I think it's perfect for that. And on the topic of music, I guess we can talk about Tom DeSalvo's piece that he did about going back into the mosh pit after COVID, which he described as chaotic. And I completely understand that. Coming out of a period where you haven't been to music festivals or been in crowds, And then going to your first mosh pit would be quite intense. So have a read of that. He's done really well. It was a really fun read.
0: He really described just like being at a gig and the mosh pit so well. Like it was so easy to visualize. I'm actually not really a mosh person Mm -hmm. myself. I, I, I can go in the mosh and enjoy it. And some songs you kind of need yeah. to, but I'm, but me and my friends are very much like hang at the back and see the stage and dance like by ourselves at the back. I, I, <laughs> yeah. And like just vibing. I mean,
1: that's still a vibe. Yeah. yeah. I, I think I do like the mosh pit, but there has been some intense experiences. I remember in 2018 at Listen Out, it was the Brockhampton mosh pit. And I swear, like me and my friend nearly got like trampled on because there were so many people and they were pushing back and forth and in a mosh pit there's not much space so if you topple over that's it like goodbye <laughs> you're going to the bottom I, I think that was like their best performance in in
0: australia mm-hmm.
1: i think i don't Energy know but,
0: but because yeah yeah like literally everyone after that brockhampton performance was like they're they're the best performers and they're, they're literally like the best performers ever and i'm like <laughs> okay matthew yeah, it's <laughs> nice. <That's> really good
1: <laughs> okay matthew okay <laughs> going on to another showcase piece we can talk about lust slut which is a collection of fashion attire from a fashion student at uts who was trying to explore the notions of female sexuality and she kind of focused on the victorian era style and had a deep focus on victorian era pornography and i guess this piece or Her pieces were about embracing female sexuality and taking the power back because in today's day and age, society uses words like slut or whore to kind of diminish females and female sexual work. Mm. And this collection looks at reappropriating those terms. So I thought it was a very powerful piece. Her fashion items are quite nice as well, and they really do. Look like the Victorian era style she was going for.
0: So the piece, Last Lot, was by a UTS Fashion Honour student, Frances Harvey. In the piece, she asked this rhetorical question, which I found really hit home. But she said, why are vanity and selfishness associated with self-generated nude photos of women, yet similar work by male artists is revered? And... Like, I was like, oh my god, like, mm. yes, why? <laughs> and, um, so and yeah, like, it really resonated with me. Like, every time, ever since, I think the most notable memory was when the first time I watched Mean Girls and Tina Fey, like, the teacher, was like, you, yeah. you guys got to stop calling each other sluts and whores. It only makes it okay for guys to call you sluts and whores. And, I, and it mm. that's the first time I just, felt the weight of those terms and I I know that sounds stupid but I was actually like I was actually like whoa and I don't use those terms anymore (laughs) unless unless I'm like trying to hype someone up like I'll only say what and whore to someone if I'm trying to like celebrate that aspect of them or lift them up
1: yeah yeah for sure I relate to that and I feel like a lot of guys think it's okay to use slut and "horn," not in like an insulty way but in dirty talk and even then I find it quite like strange and it kind of makes me uncomfortable
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean it's like I've seen so many TikToks where they're like oh yeah you little like and all the girls in the comments are like oh my god and I'm like bro this is the minimum yeah. content <laughs>
1: <laughs> literally I don't I find it very like cringe and it it feels objectifying to have like a man be like you're my little slut or come here you whore and they don't even say it sweetly they probably like say it in an aggressive tone and it's just like a yeah. no-no. I find it offensive anyway
0: and to those girls in the comments it's okay like I'm not trying to kink shame but maybe there is mm, something mm. to unpack there
1: Yeah, internalized misogyny I don't know
0: (laughs) so now I think it's time for us to wrap up I just want to point out that we only went over just a handful of submissions and this is the whole magazine is full of amazing ones like Jack Ross's threat of far-right extremism Tony Pham's poem atrium and our good friend Molly's Do we really need to succeed by 25? And these are just some of the other pieces that are really worth a read that we didn't get to go over today, so we are just encouraging you to read the whole magazine.
1: I guess another exciting update for you guys or something coming up is our next issue. We are accepting submissions for our final volume, Autonomy. So both political and personal autonomy will explore the themes of control, liberation, freedom in both macro and micro forms. It's time to regain power and authority over ourselves. So please, if you have any pieces that ties into those themes, send it through. We will let you know how to send it through at the end. But thank you if you've made it so far. Please check out our new website like we mentioned before and also read Pandemonium via issue. And let us know if you agree with our unpopular opinions in the editor's letter. I know we had a few (laughs) controversial ones. And shout out to Angela who made some polls on our Instagram story the other day and divided our readers. (laughs) we should also mention that our next issue is going to be out very shortly and it it is called sublime so basically a volume of positivity highlighting beauty in big and small things around us and it'll definitely be a nice break away from the chaos and heavy content before we go out with a bang with autonomy.
0: Yeah, it'll be a smaller mag, just to let you know, but it is short and sweet. And honestly, one of my personal faves out of all our volumes so far. So it's definitely something that I needed, and maybe you'll feel that too, so don't forget to check it out.
1: Yeah, and remember that you can always find us on social media and email us your submissions, so you can put your ideas in an email and send it to submissions at utsvertigo.com and please stay safe during this lockdown get vaccinated and remember to hydrate yourself thank and you. take care of your
0: mental health
1: thank you bye
0: see you next time
1: bye everyone